I just feel an energy in the place this morning, and it's exciting to come together to sing that song. I'm telling you what, when we are feeling anxious, when we are feeling afraid, play that song. Put it on your favorites for Spotify. I mean, just hit repeat on that song and just tell the devil, you forgot who I am. I'm a child of God this morning. And so that should change the way we see ourselves and the way we feel about things. That was a powerful, powerful song. Thank you so much, worship team. And thank you for singing it. Man, it was just powerful to see us engaging with God. If you have a copy of God's word, would you turn to Luke chapter 17 this morning? Luke 17. If you don't have a copy of God's Word, that's fine. On the seat back in front of you is a Bible. That's our gift to you if you'd like to have that. You can take that because we want you to own a copy of God's Word. And if you don't, uh, you can just look up on the screen or you can just kind of charge up your Bible, turn it on, and uh, the power switch there. And you can look online or on your phone or the Bible app, whatever you prefer. And uh, we'll just dive in together. And we're looking at this series that we're thankful in this time of Thanksgiving, we're going to be full of a lot of things, right? We're going to be full of a lot of stuff this week. Some of you, you're going to eat a lot of good food. Some of you, you're going to make a lot of good food. And some of you, you're just like, I'm on a diet. This is horrible. I get to watch people eat food and we feel sorry for you. And uh, we'll need a little bit extra just for you to encourage you in that way. But we know in this time, we're going to be full of a lot of things. But what about the things that matter? So that's what this series is all about, is being thankful, full of thankfulness, full of gratitude. And we kicked it off that the end of entitlement is where gratitude begins. We can't be grateful if we're entitled. Entitled people are not grateful people. So when it comes to ending entitlement, it starts with gratitude. So the moment that you and I decide to be grateful is where our entitlement will end. And I know many of us, we can complain about how this younger generation, they got entitlement issues. I think you and I sometimes can get entitlement issues as well. And so when we start saying, God, I'm going to be grateful and not be entitled. God opens the doors to some exciting things. You see, what entitlement does, it says the good in your life, it's not good enough. You need more. And we're in this race, this obsession with more and more and more. So that was week one. And then last week, man, it was a powerful message. Our student pastor, he brought a great message, overcoming your greatest obstacles. How many of that message was a blessing? Wasn't that just an awesome message? That was just incredible, wasn't it? Some of you don't know, we have a podcast on iTunes. You need to check it out. Hit that on the download. Put that one um, on your phone. That'll encourage you. That'll bless you. Because too often we think that when it comes to being grateful and thankful, everything has to be good. But how many of you have lived a little while and realized that, guess what? Life ain't always good. And pardon, I know that's bad grammar, but it's just the truth, isn't it? Life doesn't always work out according to our plan. Have you ever told life, hey, this wasn't the plan? You know, ever tried to tell God, God, that was not part of the deal. God, I I do this and you follow through. And so yet we learned that, guess what? Overcoming our greatest obstacles is possible. Well, this morning I want to ask you a question. Are you thankful or are you grateful? And maybe in your mind you're thinking there's not a difference, but there is. Are you thankful or are you grateful? And when it comes to this topic of gratitude and thankfulness, it kind of seems really surface, doesn't it? It kind of seems like, oh, it's Thanksgiving and we have to talk about thankfulness. But yet I think we discount the power of gratitude. I think we discount its deep impact in our life. I think we miss out on the fact that it can transform things in our life. And we're going to see that in Luke chapter 17. Because this morning, when it comes to gratitude, gratitude is a magnet that unlocks God's miracles. 
Gratitude is a miracle magnet. And you're going to see it this morning as we go to the scriptures. And as we look at God's word, we're going to see how powerful gratitude can be. Because when it comes to thankfulness and gratitude, there is a difference. And so this morning, we're going to look at it. And if you will, this morning, if you will listen and you will take notes. God told me this week. That he said, if you tell the people, if they take notes and if they listen, that he will cancel out all the calories you're about to eat this week. So if you will listen and take notes, you can eat whatever you want because God's canceling out those calories. It doesn't count against you. It won't count against your waistline or the scale. You don't have to pull out the stretchy pants. It's okay. You eat all you. Some of you are like, yeah, right. That's heresy. I know. I'm sorry. I'm trying to, trying to wake you up a little bit this morning, church. We don't take ourselves too serious. But let's look at God's word. Luke 17, verse number one. The Bible says in verse number 11, while traveling to Jerusalem, he, he being Jesus, passed between Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a village, 10 men with leprosy met him, and they stood at a distance. And I think that's so evident of people today. There are many people, they see the church, they see Christ, they see Jesus, and it's not that they're, they're, they're upset with Jesus, it's not that they don't want Jesus, it's not that they're, they're offended by Jesus, it's just that... They feel guilt and shame over their life. And so the guilt and shame keeps them from Jesus, keeps them at a distance. And maybe you felt that this morning. Maybe you felt like, man, there was something I did this week, and I just feel like I'm at a distance from Jesus. You see, leprosy was a disease. It was a life-threatening disease. It was a disease that basically you were the walking dead. You were this person that your flesh was rotting. You're dying, and yet you're still living. But you've got to live through this life that's just terrible. And you were ostracized from uh, your community. You had to quit your job. You had to leave your family. It was highly contagious. Nobody wanted to be around you if you had leprosy except for other lepers. And the power of leprosy was that it was one of those diseases where it's not that your flesh just starts to rot and fall off. It was the fact that leprosy deadens your senses, your nerves. You no longer feel anything. So when you touch something hot, you wouldn't feel it. And so you'd burn your flesh so bad, but you wouldn't know you did. So you wouldn't care for it properly. You would get an infection and the infection would set in. Gangrene would set in and the limb would die. It would fall off and people would have this, this rotting of their flesh, their, their toes. They would stub it or step on a nail and something would happen. They wouldn't it properly because they didn't feel it. Sometimes pain is a gift. It tells us something's wrong. Now we don't always enjoy it. We don't always thank God for pain, but leprosy was a deadness and, and it, it kept them at a distance from Jesus. And sometimes you can let something keep you at a distance from Jesus. And maybe you feel something dead inside and maybe that's why you're not grateful. You say, I want to feel grateful. I want to feel thankful, but I just feel, I feel like I got leprosy. Like there's no feeling inside. Just feel dead inside. So there's just two, 10 lepers, they're at a distance. And as he, the Bible says in verse 13, they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he told them, go and show yourselves to the priest. Isn't that interesting? Here's Jesus, and if you're familiar with Jesus, you're familiar with the Bible, you know he can do miracles. You know that Jesus can speak a word and you can be healed. You know that if you touch the hem of his garment with faith, your, your issue of blood can be healed. You know that there's a centurion who said, Lord, you don't even need to come to my house, but if you speak the word, my servant will be healed. Jesus had such power that it transcended time and space and dimension. And so Jesus just had to but to speak and it would happen. And yet Jesus doesn't speak healing over these people. It almost seems cruel. He's 10 men whose life is just suffering. 
The life is just a life of their outcasts. We saw that Jesus was passing through the border of uh, Judea and Samaria. He's on the outskirts. So here's Jesus on the outskirts, but yet now he's dealing with the outcasts. And maybe that's where you feel like. You're like, I'm the fringe of the fringe. I don't have, uh, I'm not on an in crowd. I'm not popular. I'm not well known. I'm just kind of the fringe of the fringe. I just feel outcast. I don't feel accepted. And that's where these lepers find themselves. And these lepers cry out to Jesus, Jesus, have mercy on us. What is mercy? Mercy is not getting what we deserve. That's what they were saying. They were, Jesus, take pity on us. God, we, and they somehow believe that they deserve this leprosy, but they were saying, God, spare us from this. And Jesus, he doesn't say healing. He just says, go show yourself to the priest, which in Levitical law, what you would do if you had leprosy and you thought it had gone away, you had to go show yourself to the priest. And for seven days, he would check in on you. To make sure you were indeed clean. Then you could be accepted into society. Your family could take you back. Your job could take you back. You could go back to the normal way of living. But here's what's so powerful about this passage. The Bible says, and while they were going, they were cleansed. Somebody say going. Going. That was really weak. Somebody say going. There we go. That's a little bit better this morning. And it's, it's, it's one of those things where you want to get the principle across. And here's what's so powerful about this passage. It wasn't... It wasn't while they spoke to Jesus. It was while they obeyed Jesus that the healing occurred. Some of us are waiting on Jesus to do something. We're waiting on him to move. But Jesus is saying, no, no, you got to get going. you got to get going in something. And this morning, there may be something you just go bound in. And God's like, hey, just get going, and I will work it out. But you have to take this first step. Peter had to get out of the boat. Then he could step on water. That's when the water solidified. But he could not stay in the comfort of the boat. Sometimes we stay in the comfort of a relationship. We stay in the comfort of a situation. We stay in the comfort of something instead of get going. And this morning, maybe that's the word for you to move on this, to go. And as they went, the healing happened. Maybe God is encouraging you this morning to get involved in a ministry. And you're saying, I don't know if I should get involved in ministry. Maybe God's encouraging you to start giving. You're saying, I don't know. But God will work things out once we start. So once they went, then they were cleansed. The word cleanse is an interesting word that we're going to get to. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, I mean, just imagine how that walk back went. Just imagine, I mean, here, here you got guys, some of them can't walk, they're, they're on crutches, some of them are missing limbs, some of them are missing a nose, some of them are missing fingers, some of them are missing an ear, and all of a sudden, one of them sneezes and he reaches for his nose, and he feels the nose there. And it's bigger than his previous nose, but he doesn't care because his nose is back. So he's just like, I got a nose, guys, check this out. And the guy's like, you don't just have a nose, you got all kinds of fingers. You're giving me a thumbs up. Hey, look at that, drop that crutch, you got a new foot right there. You see, that's how drastic this miracle was. As they're walking, as they're living out obedience, what's happening? Healing is occurring. As we obey the principles found in God's word, then God's word starts to work in our life. Do you see it? God's word will work if we work it. Many times we look at the Bible, we just think it's an archaic book, but God's like, no, all these promises and principles are given for your help. And so this morning, you see that they obeyed and then they were healed. But then one of them came back and And when he came back, the Bible says he returned and with a loud voice, he gave glory to God. He fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, were not 10 cleansed? Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except the foreigner? And he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. This morning, I want us to look and follow this journey of this leprous Samaritan. 
Because this morning, I think he's going to teach us something so powerful that gratitude is what we need to follow. You see, the difference between thankfulness and gratitude is the difference between having our lives radically changed. And some of us were looking for money to save us out of our situation, and money's not going to do it. Some of us are looking for a new job, and it's not going to do it. Some of us are looking for a new spouse, and it's not going to do it. A new boyfriend, it's not going to do it. A new girlfriend, it's not going to do it. A better car, it's not going to do it. What's going to do it is what we're going to see right here. It's the difference between being thankful and being grateful. And we're going to see that. First of all, I want you to notice in verse number 14, the Bible says that there were 10 that were cleansed. There were 10 that was cleansed, but in verse number 15, it says, but one of them seen that he was healed. There was one that noticed it and he took notice and he said, I got to stop. I can't keep going. I can't keep going to the priest. I got to stop right now. And that's the first point, isn't it? It's this, stop in your steps. You see, when it comes to gratitude and thankfulness, many times we think it, but we never act on it. Many times we feel it, but we don't do anything else with it. And so he stops in his steps and he's going to make a return journey. He's going to go back. You see, thankfulness is what we feel. That's thankfulness. This morning, you are thankful. Every person in this room, you are thankful for something. You are thankful for the breakfast you ate, the bed that you slept in, the car that you drove, or the legs that you walked on here. The air that you breathed, even if you had to wear a little uh, mask because of the smoke and the haze. You woke up this morning, you were thinking, wow, I have things to be thankful for. Many of you are planning a vacation this week. You're planning a trip this week. You have things to be thankful for, but that's just feeling. And so God wants us to take it beyond feeling. Did the other ten lepers, the other nine lepers, were they thankful? Absolutely they were thankful. They felt it. They were excited. They could go back to their jobs. They could go back to their families. They could go back to society. But it wasn't until until this one that he said, I got to go back. So he stops in his steps. He stopped. And I think that's so much like us, isn't it? 90% of the time, it seems like we're ungrateful. It just seems like that. All God's blessings, but all that we can do is just keep on going. You see this man, he sees that he's healed. He was cleansed. And this cleansing was this healing that took place. It changed his life. You see, thankfulness is what happens on the surface. You see the Greek word cleansed? That's the word katharizo. I know, I just went over your head for a second, I, and I apologize to do that. But what katharizo was, it was this healing. You have a sickness, you have a disease. Katharizo means that was cleansed. They were whole. They was like, man, I don't need to take any antibiotics. I don't need to go see the doctor. I don't need a shot. They were healed just like that. Katharizo. Katharizo had happened. Katharizo happened to 10 of them. All 10 got healed, but only one's going to find true wholeness. Why? Because he stopped in his steps. Because thankfulness is what happens on the surface. It's a reaction to someone else's action. That's what thankfulness is. And it's good to be thankful, isn't it? Don't we teach our kids to be thankful? Don't we try to be thankful? Don't we try to remember? And in this season, we have a whole day focus on thankfulness. And saying thank you is a good act. However, the action often happens after the person received the benefit. That's when it happens. But gratitude is not waiting for an event to happen. You see, the definition of thankfulness is just a consciousness of benefits received. That's all thankfulness is. It's just you're conscious of something good that happened. You're just conscious of it. And that's thankfulness. And that's good to be. And this Thursday, you're probably going to sit down at a meal and you're probably going to tell one another what you're consciously thankful for. And that's great. But it's taking it to the next step. And we're going to see that, that he continued to follow through. You see, God doesn't give you what you want, but what you need. You say, what do you mean? Did you see verse 14? Did they ask for healing? They asked for mercy. But what did Jesus give them? He gave them healing. You see, God didn't give them what they asked for. He gave them what they needed. 
You see, this morning, God wants to give you what you need, not just what you're wanting. There's something much deeper, much deeper beneath the surface, but you got to stop in your steps to take notice of it. I think we're guilty of so many times that we just are oblivious to all of the gifts that are around us. We're oblivious to the things that God is doing. We're oblivious to the blessings he's provided. And we just keep on going. We just don't even notice. We're guilty of not even noticing. And this morning, God is saying, stop in your steps. Would you shake your neighbor awake and say, stop in your steps. Stop in your steps. You see, many times what we're doing is we're waiting for God to give us something so big that stops us in our steps. That's what we're doing. But when is, are we going to just say, you know what? I need to stop. I need to stop. Remember how we used to teach kids? I don't know if they still do it in school today. If you're on fire, stop, drop, and? Yeah. What about if it was stop, drop, and thank somebody? If it was stop everything, drop everything, and give gratitude. If it was just that instinctual. But it's amazing how gratitude is so limited in our lives. And it seems like the natural thing. Especially if you're a Christ follower this morning. It seems like, oh, of course I'm grateful. Of course I'm thankful. Thankfulness is just a consciousness. But we need to do what this guy did. In verse number 15, the Bible says, he went back. Please write this down. It's not enough just to stop in your steps. you got to go back. You have to go back. In 2004, I was on my way to college on Christmas Eve night. And uh, I was borrowing. My car was broken. So I was borrowing my dad's geo prism. Any of you remember the geo prisms in the world? Yeah. Crappiest car you've ever had. Just a crapper. That's all it was. Just garbage. And the geo prism. Now I shared this story in the first service and somebody said that story is not true. I said it is. He said, well, there's a fact you left out about a geo prism that I'm now going to include because I knew the first one wouldn't believe me, but I'm going to include it in this one. So as I was driving up, I lived in Fresno. So I took the 99 to the 58 because I was heading in the Mojave Desert area. So I was driving up the 99 or driving down the 99 and I was going to cut across the 58 over to Hatchapi. Now I'm in my dad's little four banger geo prism. I'm listening to my tunes. I got to be at work on Christmas Eve. And so I'm driving to work. And I worked at Rite Aid. Yes, they had a distribution plant in the Mojave Desert. And that's where I worked. Worst job ever, but it's what paid the bills, all right? So you just have to have a job that pays the bills sometimes. And so I was working there. And I'm driving. And I'm headed up to Hatchby. Everything's good. And I'm starting to go up. And then all of a sudden, it starts to snow. But I like the snow. I'm from California. We don't get a lot of snow. So I'm just singing. It's a winter wonderland. You know, and I'm just having a great time. Just singing my heart out. And I'm noticing, hey, there's some trucks. They're starting to pull off. I wonder what. Maybe they got tired. Maybe they're going to sleep a little bit. And then I see them get these little chain things. They're putting them on their tires. I was like, huh, I wonder what those are for. You know, and I'm just barreling through. You know, the snow's getting thicker. And I don't know. We're California. We don't drive in the snow. If you're from anywhere else, you know how to drive in the snow. And I'm trying to wipe the snow away. And you know when you got your white windshield wipers and it's, 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 you forget it. You just drive blind, you know, and uh, it's not doing much. And I'm driving along and all of a sudden I start feeling my wheel spinning out a little bit. And I was like, that can't be good. And I see trucks pulling off because the snow is getting so thick. And so I realized I better turn around right now. Otherwise I'm going to get stuck on the side of this mountain. And so I'm coming back down the Tehachapi. I'm coming back down the mountain. Now, remember I was going up and I was having a good time. I like music. I enjoy music and I kind of like it loud and I kind of get into the music. Can you tell that about my personality? I might just kind of get a little a little bit hyper, a little bit energetic. And so I'm driving down the mountain. And yet when I was going up, it was a little bit harder. I was going slower, but it's when you're going down, all of a sudden you're going a little bit faster. And then I got the music pumping me up. And if you else, you're like me, you kind of drive a little bit faster than you should when the music's loud. You're just feeling good. So you just kind of drive a little faster. You're all saved. You're all going to heaven. So you don't good for you. Judge me if you want. And so I'm driving down the mountain and all of a sudden I start feeling what you probably expected. The road is not 
feeling correct. It's not there. Something, something's wrong. And I'm starting to slip and I'm starting to slide a little bit. And I was like, that's not good. And I didn't want to hit the brakes hard because that'll just make it worse. So I just kind of lightly tapped it and I was like, okay, I'll just downshift a little bit, do what I can to slow down the vehicle. And I wasn't going fast. It was going 35 and I started to make this turn and I was going to make the turn. The wheel was pointed left, but yet the nose of the car was going straight and I'm turning left, but the nose is going straight. And I, man, I hit the barrier, but I kept on going, just kept on going. Next thing I come to, I feel blood, uh, look at the steering wheel and it's cracked. And uh, here's the interesting part of the story. A geoprism, they never put airbags in it. What a blessing, right? Man, some of you are like, that explains your face. Like this making a lot of sense now. Yeah, now I get it. All right. You know? And uh, so I trying to get self service and I'm calling 911. I'm like, Hey, I've had an accident. I, I think I broke my neck or my leg. And the lady on the phone is like, sir, are you out of the car? Yes, I'm out of the car. She's like, then you didn't break your leg. You didn't break your neck. It's like, Oh, who? so you think, you know, okay. And, uh, man, I think you're like a medical expert or something. He's like, actually I am. Oh, okay. All right. And she was like, we, sir, we can't get to you because we don't know where you're at. So you're going to need to climb up. And I was like, climb up. I could have a broken leg. She was like, we already covered that. You don't have a broken leg. All right. Stay with me. Keep tracking. And so she's like, you need to climb up out of that. And so I start climbing and she's like, there'll be an ambulance waiting for you at the top. And just as I start getting to the top, all of a sudden, what do I see? ambulance passes me. And I'm like, no. So I call the lady back and she's like, oh, I'm sorry about that, sir. We have a CHP highway patrol officer. He's in route. He'll be there soon. But just so he doesn't miss you, stand in the middle of the road. What? You know, I'm just like, no, I'm not going to stand in the middle of the road. It's foggy. You're not too bright. I'll be back at the end of the bottom of the cliff. And at this point, I think she actually meant to get me back down. You know what I'm saying? You know, I think she had it in for me. And so I kind of flagged this police officer down and he gets his mag flash. He's looking down and he said, you just went off a 50 foot cliff. I was like, Oh wow. I was like, that was awesome because I had my music going. So I'm like airborne. I'm like, ah, you know, it's kind of fun. And uh, man crashed. But then I'm supposed to get in the police car and I was like, Hey, I'm going to walk over and I grabbed the front door to get in the front seat. And he's like, what are you doing, sir? And I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to ride with you. And I'm going to, I'm going to get, he's like, no, sir, you have to get in the back. I was like, what? I'm never in the back. My parents don't want me in the back seat of a police officer's car. I'm not allowed to be back here. So, sir, you have to sit back there. You're not allowed to sit by me. I was like, please, you know, and I'm like begging. And he's like, no, if you, you're all good Christians. But when you ride in the back of a police car, your legs are pointed down. It's uncomfortable. And I was like, what? I'm not supposed to be in here. Start crying. You know, I was like, where are you taking me? And uh, I was like, I'm not guilty. I promise. And uh, uh, so we're driving down. He's like, it's a busy night. So he's like, I don't have time to take you to the hospital. So I just got to drop you off at the first place. And you're going to have to call somebody and help you from there. So he drops me off at Denny's. Yeah, that's great. It's Christmas Eve, seven o'clock. I'm at a Denny's off of Buck Owens Highway. If you want to go to that Denny's, you can go. There's probably still a picture of some weird dude up on the wall. I walk in and everybody's eating their Grand Slam 299 meals and everybody just stops. Because I walk in this room, there's like blood all over. I hadn't seen myself. I had a white shirt, all this blood. And all of a sudden, everybody just stops and looks. And I was like, Merry Christmas. Don't fight with Santa. All right, don't argue with him, okay? He will mess you up, you know? Him and his elves, mean people, mean people, you know? And uh, that Rudolph. And, uh, you know, I go sit down and the waitress comes up. What can I get for you? And I was like, uh, you know what? It's, it's fine. She's like, what happened? I was like, well, I drove off a 50-foot cliff. Her next brilliant question was, why did you do that? I was like, It's Christmas. <laughs> I have Christmas dreams. I believe I can fly. You know, and I, I don't know. I, don't, I didn't do it on purpose. 
And his black eyes have spun out of control. What are you talking about? I didn't do it on purpose. What kind of people do you get at this Denny's that they do that on purpose? You know, I was just wondering why. But here's the thing. We make these return journeys and sometimes you're thinking, I'm trying, pastor, to get my way back to God. But it seems like every roadblock is coming up and I'm trying to get back to God. I'm trying. And the key is here. This man, he said, I'm going to make that return journey. I have to go back because gratitude is meant to be expressed more than it is meant to be experienced. And that's where we stop, isn't it? We experience it, but we don't express it. And this guy said, it's not enough. I just can't just stand over here and just just experience it with the other 10. I can't stay here and just thank God for my fingers and my toes and I get to see my wife and children again. I just can't just experience it because that's all thankfulness is. Thankfulness is simply an experience. It's experiencing something good. He said, I gotta, I gotta go back. I gotta make that journey. And we don't know how far it was. We don't know how long the journey took. But can I tell you, that journey probably felt like the best journey of his life because he's walking and he's feeling the clean air in his lungs and he's walking healthy and strong and he's going back to Jesus and he's just thinking that my life Life is not over anymore. And he makes the return journey because he realized this, that gratitude is meant to be expressed, not just experienced. And this Thanksgiving season, let's not be guilty of just simply experiencing gratitude. Let's express our gratitude. Let's find somebody and say, hey, I just want to let you know how grateful I am for you. I want to let you know how thankful I am for you. I just read a book of a, of a man and for 30, 365 days, he wrote a personal thank you letter to anybody that day. He was going through a horrible situation and he didn't know what to, how to cope with it. So he just said, every day, I'm going to look for one thing that I'd be grateful for. And he said, it didn't matter what it was. I'm going to find something in that day to be thankful for. And he, this man was going through divorce. He was losing his business. He was losing his health. His best friends were passing away. And he said, my life is a mess. And he was suicidal. He was depressed. And he said, I don't know what to do. But he said, I'm just going to write. I'm going to find one thing to be grateful for. And I'm going to, be, I'm going to act on it. And this morning, the challenge is that it's to act on it. But here's what is so powerful about this passage. It wasn't that he just acted on it. Notice what he did. In verse 13, we say with, and we saw that with a loud voice, all 10, they yelled at Jesus. They called for Jesus. Jesus had mercy on us. But would you look at verse number 15? Notice what he does. The Bible says in verse number 13, 15, excuse me. But one of them seeing that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice gave glory to God. I'm guilty of this. I don't know if you are. I'm guilty of being really loud about my problems and really quiet about my praise. I'm really good at complaining to everybody that my life is so hard. I'm really good on Facebook at just telling people, here's my sad story. I'm really good at talking to family and saying, you guys have it so good, you have no idea how good you have it. If you just knew how bad my life was, you wouldn't be so happy. I'm really good about making my, my wife miserable, my kids miserable, because why I'm really good at being loud about my pain and my problems. And everybody knows about my pain, and everybody knows about my problems, but I'm really quiet about my praise. But notice what this guy did. He said, if I can be loud about my problems, I need to be louder about my praise. And he said, I'm not just going to be loud about all my problems. I'm going to get louder about my praise. He said, I'm healed. I am here. He said, there was leprosy that was coming to take me out. But guess what? I'm going to be loud. He said, this is not a time to be quiet. This is not a time to be uh, uh, sit there and be God's frozen chosen. It is a time to thank God for his goodness. You see, there was many of them that received the healing. But only one said, hey, I'm going to get loud. 
I'm going to thank God for what he's doing in my life. And this morning, too often, we as Christ followers, we're guilty of being the exact same as the other nine. We're thankful. We're loud with our problems. We're loud with our prayers. But where's the praise at, y'all? Where's the praise? Where's the gratitude? Where's the thankfulness? It's not enough to feel it. We got to express it. We got to let somebody know, here's what I'm thankful for. Here's what I'm grateful for. Here's what God's doing in my life. Didn't you have some things in your life happen that wanted to take you out this year? Didn't you have some bad stuff that happened to you? And yet you're still standing. You're still here. You may limp a little bit. You may have some bruise, some broken bones, and some scars. But guess what? You're still here. Can't you thank God for that? That there were some things that came against you. But this year you said, hey, they're not going to take me out. These things aren't going to stop me. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper is what the Bible said. And yet Satan has marked you as an enemy. And yet you're still here. You're still in church. Your hands are still lifted in worship. Aren't you grateful that God has given you that strength? You see, that's made possible because of this man's gratitude. He said, gratitude is what's motivated me to do this. It's the gratitude that pushed his praise out into the open. Many of us, when it comes to our praise, we keep it locked up in a prison. And instead of saying, God, I'm going to give you a praise. Many of us are saying, well, I'll praise God when I feel it. And if I feel it, then I'll praise him. But here's the thing. These 10 other people, the nine others, they all got the same, same healing, but they didn't express it. You say, when life gets better, I'll express it. No, you won't. Those nine didn't. And they all got the exact same thing. So what makes you think? Well, if God just gave me a new car, I'd be happier. No, you wouldn't. These nine people got, got it and they didn't do anything with it. Oh man, if I just got a new spouse, then I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. If you can't say, God, I am complete and I'm enough with what you give me, then you, nothing else will satisfy you. Do you know what the opposite of more is? Enough. And we have a more problem, don't we? We're always like, give me more, give me more. But the problem is the more you get, the more you feel like you don't have anything. The more you feel empty inside. So it's time that we stop in our steps. It's time we go back and we say, God, I'm going to express some gratitude for you. Because God, you've been good to me. And notice this, a moment of gratitude will change your attitude. It changed it for this guy. It took one moment and it changed everything. You see, this Samaritan went from weeping to worship. He went from having the worst day of his life to the best day of his life. And gratitude did it. You see, you say, well, God healed him. Oh, he didn't just do that. He did so much more. Would you write this down? That you and I need to complete the circle. Because gratitude turns what we have into enough. That's what gratitude does. What does the Bible say? With gladness and singleness of heart, let us eat our meat and be satisfied. Let's take what we have and let's be satisfied. You say, what do you mean complete the circle? I said in the beginning that 10 were healed, but only one was made whole. In verse number 19, Jesus says something about this last one. He says, and he told him, get up and go on your way. Your faith has saved you. You know, when you look at that word saved, it's different than all the other words. You say, what do you mean? It's the word sozo, which means complete. It has the idea of a circle. It means whole. You see, thankfulness was only half the journey. Gratitude was completing the circle. He said, I'm not just going to feel it. I'm going to express it. And when he expressed it, God says, you get something different. You have salvation. You have wholeness. You see, you're not just going to live in this life. You're going to live in the life next. You see, gratitude was a magnet for his miracle. It was gratitude that unlocked it. Some of us are sitting here. You've tried everything. You're looking at anything to fix the problem. And it could be simply being grateful. It could be that gratitude will unlock it. That gratitude will change everything for you. But many times we struggle because we want more. And we're kind of like the other nine. You see, the other nine, they got healing, but they didn't want the healer. The other nine, they wanted the gift, but they didn't want the giver. The other nine, they wanted a present of healing, but they didn't want God's presence. The other nine, they got something, but they didn't get everything. You see, it was the Samaritan 
Samaritan that said, I want more. I want more of Jesus. That's what I want. And I'll go back to get it. I can't keep walking on this journey. I got to go back. Here's what's crazy. He's a Samaritan. The other nine should have known the Bible. They should have known the law. They should have known to be grateful. They should have known to come back. They were quote unquote Christians, if you will. They should have gone back to Jesus. But here's a Samaritan who doesn't know the law. He doesn't know the Bible. And he's the one going back. It's kind of an indictment against Christians in that sense that guess what? We're really guilty of being very ungrateful. I'm really guilty of not expressing gratitude. We're really guilty of having a bad reputation. We're really guilty after Sundays we go to a restaurant and we're bad tippers. And then you do this. You leave one of these little church invites. Hey, come to my Christmas tree event. And you gave them a $2 tip for a $105 meal. Are you kidding me right now? Please leave an invitation to a different church if you do that. Please invite them to somewhere else. Do not invite them to our church if you only tip with $2. Are you kidding me right now? But yet we got people that do that. Why? Because we're ungrateful. We're unthankful. And then we complain because the lemon water that we asked for had too much ice. Excuse me. Who are we? What happens when we're just grateful and thankful for what God has given us? That he gave us two legs. He gave us the ability to go there. Where we say, God, I want more of you. It doesn't matter what the circumstances are. I'm going to give you some praise this morning. And because of the gratitude, all of a sudden, this man, he experienced sozo, this completeness. He was like, I'm going to complete the circle. I'm going to bring this thing full circle. I'm not just going to stop. You see, the struggle will end where gratitude will begin. Your struggle will end where gratitude will begin. If you allow gratitude to take root in your heart, if you allow yourself to become a grateful person. It'll change your anxiety. It'll change your depression. It'll change those things, those thoughts of fear, those things where you just say, I'm going to be grateful in this because guess what? Nothing can stand against a grateful heart. Nothing can stand against it. You say, why? Because your heart's so full of gratitude. It protects our heart. This is where Philippians, we said that peace of God will rule and reign in your heart. Here's what happens. You know, you and I, we're praying, God, give me patience. God, give me strength. If you have God inside of you, why are you praying for what you already have? Oh, it got quiet. Oh, you don't believe it. That's why you're praying for stuff you already have. You're praying, God, give me a courageous heart. God's like, don't you have my son inside of you? Why are you praying for what you already have? God, I, I feel so much anxiety, so much, so much fear. I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do this. I, I, I don't know what to do. I'm stressing out. I'm, 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 I'm freaking out here and it's causing all these rifts. And God's like, why? Can I get real with you guys? I've been super stressed out living. So my wife said, go to an acupuncture lady thing, whatever. I'm terrified of needles. And I was like, you got to be kidding me. Needles? And they're going to poke me all over my body. My precious body that went through an accident. Look at my face. What else is he going to do? So I go to this acupuncture lady. And James like, oh, it's great. It's awesome. I was like, okay, I'll go. And I'm laying there. And then the lady's like, hey, what are your symptoms? And I was like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm anxious. And I'm, I'm, I've got all these things. And I'm stressed out. And she's like, why? What do you do for a living? I didn't want to tell her. I wanted to say I work at McDonald's. I seriously did. I wanted to lie. I didn't want to tell her. I'm a pastor. She was like, what? What? Sweetest Chinese Asian lady. But all of a sudden, she had like fire in her eyes. And she said, excuse me. Who lives inside of you? I said, "Um, uh, Jesus. She said, that's right. Jesus lives inside of you. And you're going to exercise your spirit so that you 
you sense his presence all about your life. She says, I got, I got to close the door. She's like, I got to spend extra time with you. We got to straighten this out. And she started preaching. And then she would stab me with a needle to drive home her point. I get it. You know, you put needles all over and they were going in my, my, my thighs and my toes and my forehead had needles all over the worst experience ever. But that was a powerful principle was that fact that guess what? What is a child of God wrestling with these things? When we have Jesus inside of us, where we're just not letting Jesus rule and reign in our hearts, where Jesus says, I'm there. Will you let me do some work? Will you surrender yourself to me? Or you want to keep handling this? Because she said, Pastor Micaiah, I want to let you know if the burden's too heavy, it's not your burden to carry. Where God is inside of you, he'll carry it. And you're probably doing something that he never meant for you to do in the first place. So relax, settle in. God's got you. Just be grateful for how he's working and let his word do the work. And this little four and a half foot Asian lady was preaching the Bible to me and it started to speak to my spirit and my heart and something started to happen from the inside out. We're so stressed out. We're so anxious. We're filled with anxiety. And guess what we're missing? We're missing the truth that guess what? It's completing the circle saying, God, I'm coming back to gratitude. I'm coming back to thankfulness. I know the power that it has in my life. So I'm thankful for every trial, every good and perfect gift comes from above every good and perfect gift. So he is a good father. He loves me and he cares about me. So I can be grateful this morning. I can thank him this morning. I may not have everything I want, but I have everything I need. And this morning, that's what we need to declare to our hearts and to our spirit and to our situation. We need to say, God is more than enough and he's provided. He has not seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging bread. He is here in this moment and he's going to work all things together. All things, all things. Touch your neighbor and say all things things. All things work together for good. There's nothing that's not going to work out. It's all going to work out. Yes, we may get hurt. Yes, we may fall down, but that's where the growth happens. Yes, there may be pain, but that's where we see the prophet. That's where we see God work things out. It's in that pain and in that moment. So this morning, don't quit. Go back. Don't give up. Stop on your steps, but go back. Make the full journey. Don't just keep this thing like the other nine lepers. Yeah, they got healing, but they didn't get sozo. They didn't get completeness. This morning, that's what we need, isn't it, church? Isn't that what we want? We want healing. We want completeness this morning. We want to see God work in a special way. So this morning, I want you to understand that Jesus is working that the struggle ends where gratitude begins and gratitude changes the outcome of every situation. It'll change the outcome this morning. If you will let him change it, it will change. This morning, the first service, we did something today that we're gonna continue in this service. And I was nervous about it, but I know God had a sense. I started working on this message a week and a half ago and I felt really led to do something. We don't always often do it, but I think we need to start had some people up here, some counselors, some men and women of God. And we had everybody else stand and we had their heads bowed and eyes closed. And we said, hey, if you need somebody to pray for you and your situation, you should come forward and you talk to somebody. Because sometimes you're carrying something that you just, you got to pray over it. You need somebody else to join you. Hey, the Bible says that Gabriel was, or Michael was coming against Satan. He couldn't withstand him and Gabriel had to help him up. So if So if an archangel couldn't withstand him, who are you and I? We need another brother or sister in the fight sometimes. We need somebody else to say, hey, I'm going to pray with you. I'm going to partner with you. I'm going to agree with you in heaven that God is going to work in this situation. So we did that this morning. And a man by the name of Guy, he said, hey, 
guy, and I was like, oh, man, I knew the guy's name. I didn't even know it. That's pretty cool. He comes forward. And I knew we needed to do this. I, I, and I wasn't sure who would come forward. I was like, a 9 o'clock crowd, a lot of the ministry people, you know, and uh, I, I know they got to get off to the ministries. But he just came tears streaming down his eyes. And he said, my sister just passed away from brain cancer. God sees you, that God loves you. Let's sing this song together. 